Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, I'd say happy day, but it's not a happy day. Images that we thought we stopped seeing 75 years ago, families rounded up and shot, nursing homes invaded, patients murdered in beds, disabled women carted into cars by force, children running for their lives from a hail of bullets into forests from a rock concert, women stripped naked, assaulted, humiliated, dragged through the streets by savages with, with bloodlust-filled eyes, young children, too innocent to even understand what was happening, kidnapped from their homes after being forced to witness their parents murdered in cold blood, surrounded by other small children, hogtied, and dragged off into captivity by other young children, juveniles, whose minds have been poisoned with a hatred and a vitriolic, demonic madness since birth, taking joy in torturing five-year-old boys. Gary, these aren't things we watch in BBC documentaries from 1944. These are images happening in real time that we've seen in the last 48 hours. You know, Tom, it won't come as a surprise to our listeners that you and I spent a lot of time uh, talking and uh, texting over the weekend. Um, I, I was shocked when I first heard the news, uh, but I shouldn't have been. Um, this, this was sadly a reminder. I say sadly a reminder because we shouldn't need reminding. But it's sadly a reminder that uh, the, 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 the typical life lived by an American is, is not what has been the typical life in the world for most of history. Those moments of peace in Israel are not what really a typical day has been in modern-day Israel. Quite frankly, not even in ancient Israel uh, was, um, was danger. Uh, danger was always very close. Um, so, Tom, I, I weep for the Israeli people, and, and you know, the, as you know, the hearts and prayers of millions of Americans, most fervently uh, Christian Americans, are, are always with Israel and the Jewish people at times like this. But I found myself over the weekend just overwhelmed with uh, this sense of, you know, that in everything that you describe— 
we also see an answer to all the idiocies that free nations in Europe and here and uh, and even in some elements, in, you know, in Israeli society, the idiocies of some of the lies that we're embracing, that, that borders don't matter, that, uh, you know, people should be able to move freely from one country to the other, seeking jobs and opportunity. Um, you know, I, I'm in the States, Tom, if I hear one person in the United States in my presence say, well, you know, it's terrible as this was, uh, it wouldn't happen if we could just set up two states living side by side in peace. How do you live side by side with a state made up of people like this? And don't give me this stuff about, well, the average person in Gaza doesn't believe that. I've seen polls out of Gaza. It sickens me to see what the average person in Gaza thinks about Jews, about America, about Israel, about the meaning of life, etc. We kid ourselves, Tom, in my view, when we think that, um, you know, that, that the people of Gaza are all suffering. They don't want this either. Well, they voted it in, right, originally? They sure did. I mean, uh, it didn't happen by accident. Remember, remember the stories? I, I remember um, uh, Colin, uh, uh, Rice in the, Bush, in the Bush administration. Condoleezza Rice, absolutely. Condoleezza Rice. Uh, she told people later she, she was on her treadmill exercising and uh, watching the news. And uh, down below, the streaming news said... Uh, uh, Gaza uh, just elected uh, Hamas, and and she chuckled to herself about, boy, or are they going to have egg on their face when they have to issue the retraction? There's no way people in Gaza voted for Hamas. And then there's the story of my former late senator, Richard Luger, who says after the Hamas election victory, well, now we're going to see what they're made of. Now there's their chance to lead, and this chance to lead will determine whether or not they can prove themselves responsible. How many examples of quote-unquote moral clarity do we need? How many more shattered families? How many more raped and murdered women? How many more desecrated corpses paraded through streets? How many nursing home patients have to be murdered in their beds? How many times must the case be made that one side seeks the destruction of Israel and the murder of the Jews, and the other side seeks the destruction of those seeking that aim. The Hamas charter calls for the obliteration of Israel. But what we really need now, and what we need nothing less than, is for Israel to obliterate Hamas. Well, Tom, I yes, I hope they do. Although they must, I, they have no choice. I, they have no yes. choice. I, but I hate to say this because it, I, I hope it's not misinterpreted. Um, I mean, hasn't Iran already scored a major victory? Absolutely. They, they blew up the, uh, the peace accords that looked like we were headed to between Saudi Arabia 
and uh, in Israel. And by the way, the reason we were heading to them now and not two and a half years ago was that even though the Trump administration uh, got four peace treaties with four other uh, Muslim Arab nations and had done all the groundwork on the agreement with the Saudis, but Biden and company came in and they did not want Trump to get the credit for an Israel-Saudi agreement so instead of being tough on Iran, the Biden administration was tough and provocative to the Saudis. Now, I have plenty of things I can say about the Saudis, but you have to put it in the context of what it would have meant for the overall region if there would have been a detente between Israel and the, and the Saudis. Instead, Tom, as you know, the, the Obama administration was committed to this. And of course, the Biden administration, which is has multiple employees from the Obama administration, probably has Obama whispering in his ear himself. They believe the future of the Middle East is not Israel and the Saudis, that the future of the uh, Middle East is Iran. So they keep sucking up to Iran every chance they get. The real mistake, I think, the biggest mistake we've all gotten wrong is that the whole power equation is upside down. Rather than recognizing that Israel was a strong but still very beleaguered nation, very much in a centuries-long fight for survival, it convinced itself, and this is now a, a criticism of Israelis, which is understandable, but, but we're even more guilty, that we would always have Israel's back. When the painful truth, the undeniable truth, is that today America's ruling party is behind Israel's back all right, but perhaps with a knife, accepting the four-year Trump interregnum for the past decade, Gary, U.S. policy and U.S. practice has been to distance ourselves from our friends, particularly Israel, in this insane, self-destructive, suicidal delusion that our interests are best served with partnering by and strengthening a genocidal Nazi state just Days after we sent $6 billion to quote-unquote exchange five hostages with the Iranian agents that are being allowed to stay here, we learned that over the past three years, the U.S. government gave over parts of our own intelligence units to Iranian spies. Robert Malley, who, while being paid by the U.S. government to negotiate with Iran, is in fact acting far more like an Iranian agent, helped Iranian advocates, if not outright agents, into senior positions of the U.S. government. We released tens of billions in frozen Iranian assets. We've... Uh, 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 immediately reversed, Biden did immediately reversed on the first day, Trump's uh, policies that froze all aid to the Palestinians, reopened the cash spigots. In truth, Gary, we did everything in our power to make sure Israel wouldn't be able to see what was happening, to blind it. How Israelis could have been stupid enough to fall for this nonsense, well, that's, that's another story. It, it's still the fog of war, but the scene that a massive Iranian cyber attack could 
could well have blinded Israeli intelligence, and it's not confirmed, and if Israel was smart, it would never confirm it, even if it happened. What's the likelihood that a team of high-level Iranian agents that we gave access to U.S. US intelligence might have included information about Israel's systems. But it doesn't really matter what Biden says now, Gary, in my opinion. When you champion Iran, when you defend Iran, when you bankroll Iran, when you push nuclear agreements that assures the world's leading Nazi terror state gets nuclear weapons, when you subsidize Palestinian terror groups, when you claim that the democratically elected leader of Israel is a fascist, when you work to undermine him by openly supporting his domestic opponents, when you give senior positions in the U.S. government to Iranian agents, you're not just surprised when this happens. You meant for it to happen. You wanted it to happen. You planned for it to happen. Tom, and this administration with its public statements, I mean, we should give that no credence whatsoever. This is what they do in virtually everything. Uh, unlike in Europe and in Canada, uh, where populations have changed so radically and uh, uh, religiosity in, in the form of Christianity is, is, you know, has shrunk to be almost insignificant. Uh, those countries in Europe have anti-Israel populations. And so is European uh, leaders feel no uh, political impulse. They have to go out of their way to support Israel. But here in the United States, there is still a deep reservoir of goodwill for Israel. Uh, no, nowhere more strongly than in the Christian community. So when something like this happens, somebody like Biden and the Democrat Party apparatus has to uh, go into high gear, saying all the right things. Now, it's a little bit more difficult because their up-and-coming uh, young leaders like AOC uh, ca- cannot even, for purposes of camouflage, act like uh, she's pro-Israel. So we saw these horrible, disgusting statements over the weekend uh, by the left wing of the left-wing party uh, urging everybody after the slaughter of Israelis, urging both sides to show restraint. How disgusting. And if and when Israel goes into uh, Gaza and, and the first baby is shown that's injured in the combat, you will see all of them running to cameras uh, and you'll see real anger, real tears about what happened to a baby accidentally compared to what was done to Israeli babies intentionally. And of course, as you know, Tom, but many people don't understand, under the rules of war, if an enemy uses civilian populations to hide behind when it attacks your civilians, your response that might end up killing civilians is not put on your account under the rules of war and international law, it is put on the head of those that use civilians as shields when they attacked you. Uh, The backdrop for this war, the foreign policy so-called pivot initiated by Barack Obama and then resuscitated by Joe Biden to create what they called this realignment in the Middle East was all premised on partnering with Iran. And none of us should ever have forgotten which 
something that's been as plain as the nose on our faces all along. long. Our enemies don't hate us, Gary, because of what we did or didn't do, because we're here or because we're there. It's because they hate us. It's because we have vicious, savage enemies who live, who breathe, who are taught, who are preached to, and who die for the chance to kill us, to rape our women, to torture our children. It's time to redeem the promise that God made to Isaiah to deliver retributive justice and to destroy this death cult before it destroys us. Remember the most recent Hamas war started, not this one, but the previous one, just days after Biden took office. And it was then that Supreme Leader uh, Ayatollah Khamenei of Iran gave that infamous speech that uh, the balance of power has swung. Biden moved away from the Abraham, you alluded to this earlier, Biden moved away from the Abraham Accords as fast as he could, um, even ordering the administration not to use the term, which was Trump's framework. The reason they did that was because Trump's framework uh, envisioned a U.S.-led block of allies to cooperate against Iran. And that fundamentally rejected the Obama Biden approach of realignment. So it wasn't simply not to give Trump credit. They wanted to undo it because it totally conflicted with their vision that somehow peace and brotherhood and utopia can come by partnering with a Islamo fascist Nazi tyrannical regime. I mean, this goes on. It goes it it stretches back to the very first days of this administration when Biden pressured uh, the uh, then caretaker government when when Netanyahu was out of power to sign this maritime border agreement with Hezbollah that conceded to all of Hezbollah's demands. Israel's now got an agreement with Hezbollah that Hezbollah is allowed to drill for oil and gas in Israeli sovereign waters. They, they worked hand in hand with Hezbollah to pressure Israel. And then the minute Netanyahu was reelected, the Biden team immediately started to uh, undermine him. The U.N. Security Council resolution that called the Golan Heights occupied, we, we voted for, which, uh, of course, revoked U.S. policy that we put into effect. And then there's the, the normalization deal, which you referred to just in the past week. It was the U.S., that jumped into the middle of those negotiations to say, in effect, well, if the Saudis don't demand dangerous concessions to the Palestinians, we will. Biden inserted this into the Saudi-Israeli negotiations, that we can't have a peace treaty between the Saudis and the Israelis uh, until the Israelis agree to the 1967 lines, until the Israelis agree on redividing Jerusalem. Yeah, you know, Tom. All I mean, you're 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 absolutely right that um, I I hope people understand all this, but it's you know it's it's gotten harder and harder in America to connect the dots because as you and I have talked about endlessly on this show, the media, uh, the American media is is uh, acting like a state-run media. They you know they they spike any story that's inconvenient to the progressive narrative. And uh, we, we can see, you know, we can see the results of that regularly. Um, you, you know, there, and there's, there's relevance here, Tom, to, um, to the United States, not just 
because the U.S. and Israel are allies. But there's relevance because we could very well see a day like Israel just saw right here. This same president has had open borders for three and a half years, for three years. Millions have entered. Uh, We know because we've caught several hundred people on a terrorist watch list. uh, We know there must be many times that that have gotten through without being caught. Uh, Iran actually bragged at at, uh, a number of times in recent years about the fact that they've got Hamas cells right here in the United States. Um, Eavesdropping posts, listening posts, sophisticated electronic posts in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it it is amazing to me how all these things connect on. I, I one of the, the horrific videos I forced myself to watch, not because I'm a voyeur, but because I wanted to never forget, to never waver. One of them is, thank God, a family that only lost a daughter. But when you're watching the video, you, you think you're going to watch them all be killed. It is the most horrendous thing because... I saw the father and I imagined myself or my son, Zach, who you know well, or my son-in-laws, a father sitting there, his hands bloodied because he obviously fought to try to save his family, but he was subdued. He was overwhelmed. And he is now sitting there with his wife, his remaining daughter and son. And the look on his face is the look of a man that cannot stop the most horrific nightmare happening to the people he loves. And so I would say to every American family that still because they just don't, it makes them uncomfortable to have a gun in the house, get a means of protection and get trained on how to use it. Because if you think a day like what happened to Israel cannot happen to America. Not the day, you know, 9-11 was an impersonal day, except for the passengers on those planes. That was up front and personal there. But most of the deaths were long-distance deaths, really, right? Um, the horror of this, and it was intended to be this horror, is that Israelis would look into the eyes of their murderers, that surviving Israelis would see into the eyes of these beasts and what they had just done to their children or their wives or their husbands. Um, I, Tom, I can imagine easily a day like that being called to take place in the United States. And there are more than enough enemies of the United States that have entered. There were demonstrations in Los Angeles, in New York, in other major American cities, after an event like this, supporting the beast that killed those Israelis. Every one of those people should be kicked out of this country. Uh, You and I talked about this earlier this morning. I, I am a very mixed minds, uh, it's very easy for me. I don't, thank God, have a loved one who uh, is now uh, shackled to some Hamas basement 
begging, pleading for their lives. What, what, what concerns me is the, the, the pressure now, and it's already starting and it's totally understandable. If I was one of them, I'd be doing the same thing. I'm not criticizing. The pressure will build by the hour upon the government to stay its hand in some way to negotiate for the release of these their children. There's three and four year old children ripped from the arms of their mothers. Uh, but the longer this pressure builds, the heart there's no Hamas must be destroyed. I heard Tom Cotton last night on Fox. And when he was asked what advice he would give or what counsel he would give or what he thinks Israel needs. Does it need more weapons? Does it need more intelligence? He said, Israel, thank God, can defend itself by itself. But Israel needs one thing, just one thing, Gary, and that is time. Biden's Ukraine policy statements repeated now ad nauseum is that we're with the Ukrainians, quote unquote, as long as it takes. Now that, more than ever, must be the policy we take with the state of Israel. We stand with Israel. We will stand with Israel for as long as it takes to destroy Hamas. If it's a month, if it's six months, if it's a year, we must stand with Israel for as long as it takes. We must see the truth. We must behold it. We must recognize and demonstrate that this this fantasy world that we live in of of globalization and and uh, non-citizenship global citizenship the truth is that we live in a world of growing chaos of growing mayhem and it's expanding by the month Israel's on the front line. Israel's the, 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 the canary in the coal mine. It's always the first target, but it's never the last. The real and ultimate target is the democratic world, and it affects us. It, it hits us. And also, one more thing. I, I don't want to hear another word about Israel's blockade of the occup or the occupation. Israel's been allowing tens of thousands of Gazans to work in Israel uh, every day, much to the uh, chagrin of a lot of defense officials. Uh, uh, it's 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 beyond maddening, and it's wonderful to see the Brandenburg Gate uh, lit up in the. Uh, uh, Israeli flag, the Star of David, the blue and white. That's wonderful and it's great. And the world loves Jews as victims. I just wonder how long it's going to last, and you alluded to this, how long before this quote-unquote solidarity will turn into condemnation, and where in the hell will the Biden administration be then? All Israel needs, and it's not a small thing, it's a big thing, is the time to smite their enemies. Yeah, uh, well well said, Tom. I mean, look, uh, uh, we would need all day long to, dis- to to remind people of all the things that have happened. You, you know, we've been hearing a lot about election interference here in the United States, right? Russia interfered in our election and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, the The Obama administration attempted to interfere in Israeli elections. The Biden administration has attempted to interfere in Israeli elections. 
There are people at the State Department, which is uh, institutionally anti-Israel and has been from the very day the modern state of Israel was uh, declared and remains anti-Israel to this day. When a, a pro-Israel administration comes in, like the Trump administration, uh, that president and that secretary of state, in this case, in that case, it would have been Pompeo, have to fight like the Dickens to overcome that institutional bias against Israel. On the morning of this attack, uh, an office at the at the State Department put out a statement calling for restraint. And then it had to take it down within an hour or so. But it was the default position. It was what they're used to doing. Um, they have undermined Israel every way they possibly can. And they will continue to undermine them every way they possibly can. What in God's name is the Biden administration doing expressing an opinion on the issue of judicial reform in Israel, when the Biden administration has been bashing the American Supreme Court, threatening to stuff it with new progressive justices, undermining its credibility and its legitimacy, and then lecturing Bibi Netanyahu? That is insane. That is disgusting. By the way, Tom, I saw uh, a former Israeli ambassador to the United States, not our good friend, uh, Ron Dermer, who uh, I've thought about a lot. In he the was also outstanding last night. Outstanding. Uh, what, what was he on? Uh, he was on CNN and Sky News and some Sky News jackass. Uh, the prime minister said that uh, uh, we'll turn Hamas into rubble. Does that mean you're going to target civilians? How much in Dermer's end? What do you want us to do? Issue them a, a, a parking ticket to wrap their knuckles? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw Michael Oren. He's good. He was the Very previous good. ambassador. And wouldn't he fall into a more moderate yeah. part of uh, even Israeli left? Politics, no, he, yeah, right? even uh, center he has left. A son that is that suffered grievous oh, terrible. In injuries in service to his nation. Um, M- Michael Warren was ad- was asked, "Well, why why did this happen now?" And he goes, "Well, certainly." And he brought up the you know the possibility Iran wanted to stop the peace accord, uh, possible peace accord. But then he said something else that I thought was amazing. He said, and I suspect something else is in play here. Uh, Iran uh, is uh, scared to death that they may be soon dealing with President uh, Trump again. President Trump said something in a rally Saturday night that didn't get much coverage. Um, And I can't quote it directly. It's a paraphrase. And he garbled it a bit, but who cares? He said that if Israel loses this war, the United States is finished. And people thought that was a, a misstatement, that he meant to get it the other way around, that uh, if Israel loses this, Israel is finished, or if he's not reelected, America's finished. But what he actually said was that if Israel loses this war, America is finished. And I think there's an incredible depth to that statement in so in so far as Israel literally is the canary in the coal mine, the front line uh, of uh, defense uh, of civilization against absolute barbarism. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I will. 
the Nazi genocidal murderers, the Nazi regime, the SS, punished its own soldiers for sending home uh, pictures of them, you know, standing over dead Jews. They did what they could to hide the greatest crime in the history of man. They committed it. They're ultimately responsible for it. But even they, even the greatest monsters in the history of humanity, had at least a tiny, tiny sense of shame that they knew what they were doing had to be hidden. They didn't broadcast. They didn't celebrate. They didn't uh, uh, use their state-run media to celebrate images of, of nursing home patients murdered in their beds. I mean, this is, everyone talks about the analogy, you know, 9-11, this is our, Israel's 9-11 or the Jewish people's 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. It's worse than that. I think the, the analogy is the Holocaust. The very premise, the very notion of a Jewish state was that it, 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 it promised a safe haven. And since this has, uh, occurred since this has surfaced, you know, more and more Israelis are, are asking the question, how do we prevent, how, how are we here? Uh, the streets of Israeli cities littered with, 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 with corpses, uh, uh, bodies in the street. And, it, you know, I don't want to act like it's, uh, uh, we can sit here and and judge uh, definitively what the consequences of this will be. Uh, it's going to reverberate, Gary, for for decades. I mean, this is oh, I, this is this is. Yeah. Um, but what's becoming painfully clear is that uh, Israelis are experiencing a brand new feeling, one they've never ever known before, um, and one that the state of Israel was designed to ensure they never did, and that is a return to this victimhood. Um, you know, Jews that live outside of Israel have felt it, but now it's worsened by the fact that Jews haven't become uh, just victims again, but they've become victims in their own homes in Israel, in their own land, in their own streets, under the protection of their of their army and all their high technology and super sophisticated, innovative technologies. Uh, it's... Yeah, Tom. We we uh, you know we we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, in a war, you can kill and then you can kill. Um, and Israelis that were killed were killed with the the, the viciousness that a wild animal would kill. Uh, I, I've heard several Israelis that have recovered bodies out of homes because they've still been going door to door in many communities. And they're, they're finding people whose faces are blown away. They were shot so many times in the face, the, the bodies of the women defiled. This is bestial. This is demonic. Yeah. We live, we live at a time when, uh, if you say something in in a, in a good bit of America about well, uh, what's going on here is demonic. Yeah, I mean we're now at a point where that you you'll be mocked mercilessly. Oh, he thinks demons are doing things, you know. Um, 
you know, all of the, of course, you and I, Tom, as a believing Jew and a believing Christian, we believe the entire history of mankind is a spiritual battle between good and evil. And uh, it plays out in all sorts of ways. But we live in an age that, uh, you, know, you, you know, we've got a lot of powerful people in powerful places uh, and universities teaching our children uh, that, that think it's all a fairy tale. You know, we just need to sit down and talk things out, you know, and then we can have the lives we all want. Um, the world has infinite tolerance for dead Jews. Oh, they will cry over a dead Jew because it's required of them to do so. They don't want to be labeled a monster themselves. They want to shed tears. Oh, how terrible. Let's have a rock concert and raise some money. What they can't tolerate are Jews that fight back. Amen. Amen. And we see that over and over and over. Jewish comedians. Man, a Jewish comedian that's kind of makes fun of himself and says dopey things. They love a Jewish comedian in vaudeville. They just don't like a Jew with a gun and a uniform on saying, I'm going to go get that guy. There's a price to pay. Is there not a price to pay for abandoning the real world for, for delusions of, 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 of peace and harmony? You know, a lot of people have said, well, this is a wake up call. Um, uh, the world isn't as good as we thought. People aren't uh, as as good as we thought. No, you, you know what? It's it's the opposite of that. <laughs> we were the ones in a delusion, not not the other side. The world hasn't changed. We've been trying to escape the world. Evil is an inherent character of 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 human nature. You know. <sighs> Genesis eight twenty one Yetzer Adam Ra Haminurav that the inclination of man is to do evil from his youth. That's the biggest mistake I think we've all made here. Is that, and you know there'll be plenty of time. I'm getting all these emails and texts and you know about BB and the failures. There'll be plenty of time, Gary, to investigate that to have commissions for historians to look into this. Um, uh, but that time isn't, isn't right now. It isn't yet. It's still the fog of war. Um, and in, in trying to determine how best to move forward with the ultimate objective of uh, 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 destroying our enemies... Uh, we have to we have to recognize that the world we've thought that we've created and this is particularly true of Israel you know the startup nation the world's leading cybersecurity power the second greatest high technology center behind silicon valley the whole business about this super super sophisticated fence and border wall that the Israelis had built uh, between themselves and uh, Gaza, uh, everything, all the technology, all the prowess, the world-beating startup nation, um, 
all these super advanced systems that render them safe and secure, uh, advanced avionics, F-35 fighter planes, high-tech sensors, uh, their AI drones, the Iron Dome, David's Sling. Who needs to worry, Gary, about ATVs, about Jeeps, about guns, about grenades, about bulldozers and about uh, butcher's knives? Israel did everything um, spent hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in resources dedicated to deter, you know, tunnel building to get under the wall. They created this super sophisticated border barrier, high-tech sonar detecting um, underground walls that went uh, literally 60 meters below ground, everything to uh, prevent or deter backdoor intrusions. All of this when it seems the one thing they forgot to do was lock the front door. Hmm. Wow, that that is a great description and a great last line, Tom. Well, you, you know the, the the problem is you're you're living in a neighborhood where you should never leave the the back door or front door unlocked, right? And and then the problem for us is there are millions of Americans that give thanks they don't live in a crime ridden neighborhood in some urban area but they don't understand that in the world we're living in i don't care where you live if you're a free man or woman you better lock your door because there are forces loose that the the hounds of hell are baying in the distance there is a bloodlust around the world of people that want to even scores. Back when we were talking about if something happened to Israel, America would be devastated. It's not just that there are eyes and ears in many ways uh, in the Middle East. It's that we are the two pillars of Judeo-Christian civilization, of Western civilization. We're joined at the heart and joined at the hip. We we laugh at the same things. We weep at the same things. We celebrate the same things. If something happened to Israel, there would be throughout the Islamic world a belief that their scriptures had been proven correct, that Allah was greater than Yahweh, that he had prevailed it would cause a greater bloodlust in Islam, and that blood uh, that that bloodlust would be aimed then in all of its fury at the one nation where there would still be millions of Jews, and that would be the United States of America. One thing that- they're on the front lines for us. Absolutely. I, I got to get this one thing off my chest and then we'll we'll call it a day and reconnoiter and reconnect later in the week. Uh, th- this hostage deal, not the current one, but the one that we did two weeks ago with the Iranians. Six billion dollars um, to the Nazi terror state. We free five Iranian agents that were imprisoned, convicted of espionage. We free them, and they stay in the United States. This is the best deal ever imagined. Iran gets $6 billion, and they get to keep their agents here. 
Next time, maybe they can uh, kidnap Americans and we can pay them to name cabinet secretaries or our next president. Can you imagine a U.S. Soviet prisoner swap where KGB spies are released and then sent back to their embassy in Washington to to uh, to re- you know, resume spying? And there's been no media coverage of that at all. The worst of... The worst offender until you told me about it, which is it's unbelievable. The worst offender whose name I can't remember, um, uh, convicted and sentenced to to 60 some years, uh, proudly announces he's been offered a professorship at one of the state universities of New York. I think SUNY Binghamton. Um, And he tweets about it. Can you say, Tom, in front of our listeners, can you send some info to to me about that, because I'd like to share with our friends on Capitol Hill. They ought to be raising holy you-know-what about this. Uh, that guy should be nowhere near a college classroom under any circumstances. What a parachute of men to Gaza and let him live under Hamas for a while. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah, it's it, it's outrageous. It's it's insane. It, it's ridiculous. And, and by the way, you know, the, every administration spokesman over the weekend had the same talking point. Well, not one dollar of that six billion dollars has been drawn down by Iran. So anybody telling you that we've somehow financed this attack is being disingenuous and it's disgusting. Folks, just think about this. Think about you get a call from the bank and they go to you. We're going to we're going to set up a $500,000 line of credit for you. Now, you're only allowed to use that to pay for your mortgage and pay for your food. If we find out you're using it for anything else, we're going to cancel your line of credit. And you go, well, that's great. Thank you very much. What are you going to do with the rest of your money? You're going to go out and do the things you couldn't do because you never had enough money to do those things. And in the case of Iran, those things happen to be to kill Jews. So blood is on, obviously, Hamas, obviously on the mullahs of Iran. But I don't give a you-know-what, what anybody says. It is dripping off the hands of our demented president that can't get off a stage. It's dripping off the hands of his handlers. It's dripping off the hands of the modern Democrat Party that is co co-opting our traditional relationship and alliance with Israel. They've been doing it forever. They've been making excuses for anti-Semites in their own ranks. They allow AOC, Ilhan Omar, this whole mob of idiots and Islamic sympathizers continue to have a place in the Democrat Party while they play games and try to stroke American Jews and get them to look over here and ignore what's being done to Israel. It is time to forget, and I'm speaking from an Israeli's perspective, it is time to forget the consideration of the American government's feelings toward them. Israel is has to see itself as being on its own. Its credo, the IDF credo, the oath that every Israeli soldier has to take is that Israel will defend itself by itself with whatever it takes. And 
if Israel's not given the time to destroy Hamas, it has to find the time and make the time. But my final question, and it's a rhetorical one, I don't know the answer, maybe you do. None of this can get fixed if, if Iran stays and stands. I mean, Israel can wipe out Hamas. Israel can obliterate Hamas, reoccupy Gaza, uh, and stay there. And, you know, keep, as the Israeli expression is, keep cutting the grass. But it's all Iran. I mean, you can't... We didn't, during the Second World War, target uh, Japanese Mitsubishi Zero planes. You have to sink the carriers. And it's the carriers that... How long can Iran be abided? They, they can't. And, uh, and, and again, as Trump tried to tell everyone, uh, the, the Europeans need to start providing for their own defense. They need to start dealing with threats to them like Iran instead of using their diplomatic power to restrain Israel. Um, there's just there's too many things, Tom, that the foreign policy establishment of the United States has accepted over the years. And you could argue that in some ways the Israeli foreign policy establishment has accepted and certainly the Europeans have accepted. We can't do all of this by ourselves. Israel and the United States together can't do it by themselves. Europe has got to stop spending less money on socialism and taking care of every need of the European people uh, and start spending it on European defense. We need to stop um, the, the constant uh, wide open immigration that in front of our eyes is changing the populations of every one of these countries and changing it by bringing in millions of people from countries that hate Christians and Jews. Can't think of anything better to end it on. We're going to we're going to end it here. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose show, the Bauer and Rose podcast on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. We're hosted by our good friends at justthenews.com. I'm um, leaving. I just got back. I was in Israel. I just got back on Tuesday. I'm, I'm leaving again tonight. I got to head back there. Um, and I don't know whether it's because I have this just guilty conscience sitting here. I just can't sit here. Um, well, this is going on, but we will. Uh, that's we'll, not a guilty conscience. That's a virtuous conscience. Well, thank um, you. Makes, I, makes you want to run to the danger. Well, I, I just can't. I can't sit here. I just can't. I mean, I, I'm 61 years old. It's not like they're sending me to the front line. Um, well, I need to make a confession, Tom. One of my big goals in the Byron Rose Show has been to do everything I can to toughen you up. And I think I've succeeded. <laughs> you finally, now you're headed to Israel. You finally succeeded. Well, God bless you, Gary Bauer. May God bless and protect you and your family and Carol and, and, and everyone. You are uh, uh, not just a light unto this show and a light unto us. You're a true light unto the nations. And we will uh, we'll talk to you, please, God, in a couple of days. Time. 